What a blessing. What a joy to be here. Amen and amen. Oh, my. Let me get my glasses out here. Man, did this pulpit get smaller or what? I remember I could put my whole Bible in notes. Anyway, good evening. Good to be here again, as I said. And uh, thank you for the blessed message, Brother James. I appreciate it very much. That was good. And, of course, thank you to all the speakers. Appreciate you all, too. Uh, you all been faithful to the Word of God, and I thank you so much. And, of course, thank you, Brother Wayne, for the invitation to be able to preach here. And my wife and I always enjoy coming here. You all have a special part in our heart. Let me tell you something. If it wasn't that far, we might just moved over here. But, man, it's yeah, man, that's far. But anyway, we... <laughs> anyway, of course, I always enjoy the singing, the specials, and all that. It's always a blessing, of course, the sweet fellowship. And, of course, my wife and I also uh, thank... Lakeview Baptist Church for their hospitality and uh, <clears throat> for the accommodations, of course, the great food and those that prepare it. So thank you so very, very much. Amen and amen. But this evening, I'd like to turn to the uh, Gospel of Matthew and Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. I want to read one verse. In Matthew 5, in verse 13, it says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but as the salt of law is savor, wherewith shall ye be salted? It is dance good for nothing, but to be cast out and be threatened under foot of man. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you this evening. and Thank you for the prior message, Lord. And we pray again, may thy spirit Accompany your holy word, Lord. Feed us as the word from the finest of the wheat, Heavenly Father. And may we hear again a sound from heaven. And Lord, uh, remind us of the importance of being salt to this world. And so, God, we ask all these things in your most blessed and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Roy, you had said in your message about how God uses physical things to teach us spiritual things. But we're going to look at two specific uh, this evening we'll look at salt, and in the morning we'll look at light. Two physical things that are very important. Yes. But the spiritual application is more important than the physical application. And so this morning, I mean this evening, I'll speak on being salt in the kingdom of God, or if you wish, being salt in the world. <clears throat> of course, after the first two messages, also last night by the James brothers, <clears throat> challenged us to be walking in Christ, to be rooted and built up in him in the most holy faith, and what manner of person we ought to be, you know, our holy conversation or conduct, as Brother Roy said, <clears throat> and the aspect of the spiritual application. I think the Lord settled my heart to preach on this. I've been going back and forth uh, uh, to preach other things, but this is what we're going to speak on this evening. I've been preaching to Matthew, and I just got to Matthew 15 this past Sunday. When I preached to the Sermon on the Mount, I entitled uh, the Sermon on the Mount, The Principles in the Kingdom, yes. Principles of the Kingdom. Yes. Chapter 5, I called it Insight for the Kingdom. Chapter 6, Instruction for the Kingdom. And Chapter 7, I entitled it Identification mm -hmm. in the Kingdom. And in Chapter 5, I also had a few sub-points. In the first 12, the character of the kingdom in dealing with the beatitude. Then in verses 13 to 16, I have the calling of the kingdom. And under this, I have three additional points. I, I do a lot of sub-points. And anyway, and that is those three points are in verse 13. We'll see this evening that we have a high calling. 
in verses 14 and 15. Tomorrow morning we'll see a holy calling along with verse 16 that we have a heavenly calling. But this evening we'll be speaking, as we said, about salt and that we have a high calling. <clears throat> Again, in the first 16 verses, our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to who? To kingdom citizens. Kingdom citizens. To which I mean that Christ is instructing us what? On the responsibility as being followers of the Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And so the Bible teaches us that, as I said, that we have a high calling. We have a holy calling. A heavenly calling in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and in light of this, I mean, this, this is not a light thing. We have an immense calling as naming the name of Christ. And I think this is the point of the Lord Jesus Christ in making uh, some points here that he went from what I call the generalities of using in the first 12 verses days and theirs, okay, to now, in the Beatitude, to now, to the application of the Beatitudes. No longer is it the and there's a day now it's what ye all of a sudden it's changed not they they're ye ye are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world again notice that in verse 3 it says for theirs is the kingdom of heaven as I said he uses the generalities of days but when you get to 13, 14, 15 it is ye he gets more specific in his instruction and in his application. He goes from the days to the ye and your, as I said, from generality to now I think to the specifics. And we must understand that the kingdom of God again has come, has come in the power and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this influence of salt and light is only applicable to those who have been saved in Christ. Therefore, in contrast to the world standard, you know, of what they say, what is strong, what is mighty, we are told we are to be salt. We are to be light. Therefore, being poor in spirit, being mourners, being meek, thirsting after righteousness, being merciful, being pure in heart, being peacemakers who will subject themselves to persecution for Christ's sake. And it is to these, and these alone, that Christ declares, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then, when he describes us as being soft and light, again he says, Ye. And so, there is no greater joy in this world, I would say, than to be a Christian, than to be a true child of God, being born into the kingdom of God. But, again, this comes with great responsibility, along with conflict against the world humanistic uh, ideology and therefore do not misunderstand or misconstrue my next phrase when I say that there is a sense it's not easy to be a Christian it's not easy to be in the kingdom of God in other words it's not easy to be salt and it's not easy to be light but again this is our calling if we are in Christ Jesus I mean there is a sense that Christ said this he said this forth so that we can understand the beatitude and the culmination of the Beatitudes and the conclusion to the conflict that exists between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness. Those of us in Christ, we are the salt of the world. We are the light. And we are to set forth that royal banner in that 
glorious kingdom of our great God. No doubt that by now, if you've been a Christian for some time, you understand and you know the extreme opposition of the world to the kingdom of God. Thus, the question is asked, how can a true Christian live in such a way that will make an impact for the glory of God in a world that is diametrically opposed to what the word of God teaches? And I believe this is the whole point of Christ again leaving the aspect of generality to the specifics regarding our calling in the kingdom of God. He turns from the blessings of the beatitude and now to the application of salt and light. Our Lord uses two basic illustrations, two physical illustrations drawn from everyday life that is seen in this world to help us understand what it means to be a Christian. That is, to be a Christian in a lost, dark, dying, heathen, idolatrous, ungodly world. In the midst of this, he says, ye are the salt. Ye are the light. He's not asking you. Hey, Mr. Rain, would you like to be salt? No, he's not asking you. Would you enjoy being salt? He's not asking you. No, no, no. He's telling us, you are salt and light. And therefore, being a true bona fide Christian means we are to be constant salt with no breaks, no timeouts, no in-between. You don't punch out one day and say, whew, it's been a long day of being salt. I just want to take a break. No, there's no such thing in the Christian world. You know, it's not like when we get off work, we punch out and go home to rest. No, as you said earlier, no. Being salt and light is 24-7. It's a 24-7, it's a 24-hour calling. Whether it's in times of peace, and I'm thankful we have peace, or in times of persecution. But I often remind that congregation that the Christian life is the hardest life to live. So again, what does it mean to be salt and light? This evening, as I said, we'll concentrate on salt tomorrow morning and light. There's three other things I'd like to add <clears throat> that come to mind regarding the aspect and purpose and need of salt. Number one, the impact of salt. The reason for that, because salt is for preservation. Number two, the importance of salt. I share that because salt is also for salivation, for flavoring. And thirdly, the indispensability of salt, because salt is also for sanctification, because salt is also used as a cleaning compound or agent. Now, there is so much regarding salt that I know that one sermon will not do it justice. But I want to just look at some of the words of Christ that again that he instructs us when he says you are the salt of the earth. <clears throat> we will consider the importance and applications of this subject. Again the Lord blessed us with a beatitude but now he says you are the salt of the earth. I mean he uses such emphatic language as though Christ is saying you, you alone if you name the name of Christ, you 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 are the salt of the earth. And so I just want to consider my topic before I get to my first point on the impact of salt. Because again, Christ says, you are the salt of the earth. 
Again, he speaks to all those that have been born again, translated into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> For example, our schools, our education, that's not the salt of the earth. No. Nor is the government or any organization. But you and I, those who are in Christ, we alone are the salt of the earth. No one else is. And this is why I believe Christ again left the generalities to the specifics of the second person, ye. He moved from the blessings <coughs> that we have in him to the needful practice of now influencing the world through salt. Ye are the salt of the word. The word are in the Greek is the Greek word estate. And this Greek word is in the second uh person plural of to be. The word stay is also in the indicative mood which speaks of the mood of reality. Therefore, when it says ye are, it speaks of specific salt yes. specific salt factor in this present world. <clears throat> in order that we might see the importance of this high calling as being the salt of the earth. In other words, it means that there's no other salt like ours. We, and we alone, again, who are true, bona fide, born again Christians, are the only spiritual kingdom salt in this world. Yes, he uses something that is physical that we use every single day. And now he's going to apply it spiritually. And not only this Greek word is stay in the indicative moon, but also in the present tense, which now expresses a perpetual condition would indicate a being salt of the earth continually. As I said earlier, 24-7, this is the standard of life for every kingdom citizen. And in case you misunderstood me regarding the Greek word estate, translated are in our English word, it expresses and articulates a lifestyle in a continuous action for every kingdom citizen for every day of their life. As I said earlier, you can never take vacation from being salt. You can never take time off from being the salt of the earth. Christ didn't say you look like salt. He didn't say you smell like salt. No, he said you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Sinclair Ferguson in his book on the Sermon of the Mount, Kingdom Live in the Fallen World, he says this, quote, Like salt, Christian may seem small and it's insignificant, powerless, in a power and mad society, yet they have the ability to influence every segment of it and to permeate the whole, <coughs> permeate the whole. Salt is cheap. Its value is minimal, but salt has unusual properties yes. that far exceed its value, unquote. He continues a little bit later, and he says, quote, The point needs little application, but it calls for a radical and costly application. Christians' lives exhibit the qualities of the blessed which have been a persevering impact upon society that left to itself will rot and deteriorate, unquote. That is the need for salt in this world. For example, as salt is important to the sea and to the ocean, in like manner is kingdom salt very important to this world. God in great wisdom, when he created 
heaven and earth, created the seas and the ocean. He created them with salt. And the salt in them is a cleaning compound, a persevering means for the creatures in the water and for the protection of the world. I mean, if there was no salt at all in the seas or the ocean, it would be polluted, corrupted, until utterly portrait and it would just destroy all life and awful consumption but again the all wise God knew this and therefore he put salt in the sea and the ocean why as a persevering means for animals and even for men I mean what would the ocean and the sea be without salt I mean it would just be a, a foaming mass of mere pollution and corruption <coughs> excuse me so I'm so thankful that God created the ocean, the sea, even the rock and soil in various places with salt. God salted the earth to preserve it from being a mass of such unclean water, spreading pollution and desolation all over the earth. In other words, salt in Christian is no doubt an indispensable necessity of life and that it is God's spiritual Antecepted in a war in a world that is full of depravity and decay. Again, salt was also put again in the rock and soil of the earth, so the uh, water filtering through them would be clean and purified. And so, if salt is needed for the ocean, the sea, and everything that I mentioned for its preservation and continuation, likewise is kingdom spiritual salt necessary for the preservation and continuation of the world because without the influence of kingdom salt, society would just suffer such moral decay and decompose into such a wicked and reprobate society that we'll never know. I mean, we can already see how society is with salt. Can you imagine there was no salt? Wow. And I hope you're understanding the importance of the words of Christ regarding his people being kingdom salt, that it is a high calling and purpose in God's plans, that he would use his sheep as that persevering spiritual compound to keep the world from decaying totally. Now, in naming the name of Christ, Excuse me. In naming the name of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, you need to be salty. In other words, we need to pour some salt into this society, into this wicked and adulterous generation, again, that we know is so wholly corrupted. Salt, again, preserves from total corruption and destruction. It is, for lack of a better term, a moral or spiritual Disinfecting the world again, as we said, that is so morally decayed and polluted in sin. And again, just it amazes me that God, to think that God has called His people, those of us who named the name of Christ, that who called His people to have such a persevering effect upon society. I mean, it causes me to examine myself and to ask, Am I salty enough? Salt and sodium chloride does not deteriorate. And perhaps this is the meaning of Christ because salt does not lose its saltiness unless 
unless it is corrupted or mixed with something that shouldn't be. You see, your salt left in contact with, let's just say, damp soil or water. I mean, it's going to cease to be salty. And perhaps this is the meaning of Christ when he said, it is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of man. Therefore, if we're not affecting the world, then perhaps the world is affecting us. I love what old Baptist preacher George Truitt said. He said, quote, you are either being corrupted by the world or you are salting it, unquote. In other words, are we influencing the world by being salt or is the world influencing us that we're becoming unsavory? Another one has said, quote, if we are not salting the world, do you know what that means? Therefore, it means then the world is then rotting us, unquote. And some, it's sad because there's so many people that profess to be Christians that are not and give Christianity a bad name. And, and so in passing, let me just say that this is one of the problems with easy believism. The easy belief in the gospel of our day, you know, they just tell you, you know, just raise your hand for Jesus, cast your vote for Jesus, just say to Jesus. I mean, we'll guarantee that your life is going to be success, your dreams, you know, you're going to have great health and wealth. You know, we have a good prosperity plan for you. <clears throat> That's why those churches get so packed and full. Yeah, they believe that, those lies. I mean, they say they'll give you happiness, complete fulfillment, you know, the health and wealth gospel. Oh, no, no. God help us because this is a lie. Jesus never promised any of this. So what happens is that you have many professing Christians who are just mere professors, not possessors of Christ, who are not salt but vinegar and pepper and gives Christianity a bad name. Because the word of God this is what Jesus promised. Not health and wealth. Jesus promised, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yes. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when all men shall revile you and persecute you. And they shall... All manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted that the prophets which were before you. Therefore, you are the salt of the earth. But, if the salt is lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is then, it is therefore done good for nothing to be cast out to be trodden under the foot of man and the important it's important to understand that if we name the name of Christ we are called to be the salt of the earth so let's look at our first point the impact of salt why because salt is for preservation as physical salt had an impact on the earth, let us, let those of us who name the name of Christ 
be this spiritual salt so we can have an impact of our salt. So let's look at the first application of salt, the impact of salt. We must recognize that, you know, salt is very important both physically and spiritually. I mean, we need salt for physical survival. I mean, salt like food and water is necessary for life. I mean, if you run out of water, you'll die of dehydration. You run out of food, you die of starvation. But if you die, I mean, excuse me, but if you run out of salt, okay, you will die what is known hyponatremia, which is the deficiency of sodium in your blood. <clears throat> I mean, having no salt at all in your diet can lead to death, and the symptoms are horrific. And they say within a month, you will die an agonizing death. I mean, I read, it blew my mind, that almost 2,000 years ago in the time of the Roman Empire, one of the means of putting a prisoner to death was to keep the prisoner from having any type of salt. So they gave him foods that had no sodium until their body starts to run out of sodium and they start to die a slowly, awful, painful death as the internal uh, <coughs> organs, I mean, they start to shut down and in time, worms bleed and in, in, in their bodies, they immediately perish, slow, lingering death. I mean, every part of the body becomes corrupt. It was such an awful and painful way to die. You see, the Roman soldiers, they knew this. And if you remember, part of their wages was in the form of salt. Because they needed salt to survive. And if you kept salt away from the, from the uh, soldiers, they would revolt. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you knew this. Do you know from where the word salary came from? You know, what you get paid from your employer. I mean, it has a very interesting etymology. Salary came from the idea of Roman soldiers getting paid in salt payments. Or if you wish, it was called salt money, which became our English word salary later on. And I doubt it very much any one of us in here wants to get paid salt. Some <laughs> I don't want that for my salary. But it was needed back then. And again, the body, it needs sodium. And it is in our blood system. And it helps keep our organs clean. Now, of course, I'm not a scientist or a doctor. Uh, but the easiest to try to explain all this without all the medical terminology and, and to bore you with all those things, whatever... Let me just say this, that you, that sodium regulates the passage of nutrients into the cells, and without sodium nutrients, I'm not kidding, without sodium, the nutrients cannot enter into your cells, and the end result is that you will have a severe malnutrition and complete exhaustion, regardless of how good your diet is. As with anything else, we know too much sodium. The opposite can be dangerous, which is called hyper hypernatremia if I said it correct okay <clears throat> and it can cause as we know high blood pressure and so not only does too much salt sodium can lead to high blood pressure but sometimes it leads it, what it also called uh, the fluid retention in the body which is dangerous and this causes you to have a 
heart attack, a heart stroke, a failure, <clears throat> and the importance of modern levels of sodium to keep control of the blood pressure and blood volume, your nerves and muscles and they, all these things. They need sodium, but too much can affect and harm our health. It can affect your kidney, digestive problems, all kinds of things. Right? We do need sodium, but again, too much can be harmful to our bodies, as well as too little of it. So remember <clears throat> that we also lose sodium in our bodies, at least three different ways, excuse me, but urine and then by sweating and then when we cry. I mean, have you ever tasted your tears? That sometimes it's salty? You know, we're losing salt. Now, again, if salt is so important like that, so important for the ocean, for, all, for our own physical bodies and things like that, I believe this broadens and, and, and amplifies the implication of our Lord Jesus Christ as to the need of being spiritual salt in society. That is, the impact of salt in the world. Salt, again, is for preservation physically and, more importantly, spiritually. And so may God grace us to be aware of the impact of being salt in our society as souls are at stake Again, as salt is needed in the physical sense, that is, the world cannot survive without salt. Salt is also needed in the spiritual sense. We must be indispensable salt. Yes. Therefore, the impact of salt for preservation upon society. So I hope you, you, you see the magnitude and spiritual implication of the impact of salt. But then secondly, the importance of salt. Because salt is also for salivation, for flavoring. Not only the impact, but also the importance of salt. Because what does salt do? It helps flavors the food. And some of you that barbecue, I mean, don't you love just putting that salt on the meat and things like that, or when you cook? <clears throat> I mean, every you tasted something, you go, man, it doesn't taste good. What do you do? You put a little bit of salt to make it flavor. To get some flavor out of it. To make it taste better. <clears throat> well... Let me just ask you a side question here. Is my preaching and speaking of salt cause you to salivate? No. <laughs> I mean, you kind of wait, maybe get home, put salt in something and take a bite, you know? <laughs> I mean, there is a sense that salt, it causes us to salivate. Therefore, the importance of salt to give it that necessary flavor. And my point is, may God cause us to be that spiritual salt in the world especially to this dying world for example next time you're at a restaurant eating at home even tomorrow in this bible conference I mean you know salt falls on the table falls on the floor we wipe it up so insignificantly I mean think about what is being preached it may preach a sermon to you I mean that physical salt it might be insignificant to you but spiritual salt is very important. Yeah. It's a necessity. I mean, when you pour salt on your food, again, may, may that preach a sermon to you as you flavor the food. You might want to ask yourself, am I flavoring the world? Am I causing the world to salivate after Christ? Hmm? Am I giving a good flavor to the world? Or are we just Vinegar. Pepper without a pep. Hmm? 
I mean, does my soul produce salvation in others that they would want to say, I want to be a Christian too? I mean, do they see you and say, I want to be like that person? Or even when you wipe salt off the table, you know, you sweep it under the floor. Again, they might preach to you, remind you that, I mean, that might be, you know, dispensable salt. Throw it away. But as a Christian, am I indispensable salt? So what kind of salt are you? I mean, is your salt salivating others? Is your salt having an effect? Or perhaps maybe your salt has lost its saltiness. As we said, vinegar, pepper. This is why the words of Christ are so powerful. But only you can answer the question as to what kind of salt you are. Because Christ said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt is love and savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast down and be thrown down under the foot of men. There's so much to the study on salt. I mean, I don't even have time to go into the aspect of what is called the covenant of salt in the Old Testament that they would use in the offerings and the sacrifices. <clears throat> but remember earlier again in my introduction, I said, being salt is what? A high calling. Christ, our great God, has also given us a high calling, being salt in the world. In Philippians 3.14 it says, I, Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of what? Of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I hope this calls you to examine yourself as it has caused me to examine myself and my salty enough. If this high calling, I mean, it includes of salt being set forth that has an effect. And thus, asking myself, do I make an impact? Am I making an impact in society? Do they see the importance of my salt? Does it cause them to salivate? Maybe they want to be a Christian or to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, do they see your conviction, your dedication, and say, I, I want to follow Christ like that person? I mean... I think so. People want to give up and they compromise. This guy, he is, he, he's the real thing. So is my salt making an impact at home and abroad? So how is your salt this evening? Some of you might remember the commercials in the 80s and the 90s. The salt? No. Not salt, but basketball. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Look at the commercials. I always said, I want to be like Mike. Mm. Everybody wants to buy basketball. I want to be like Mike. But my point is, no, 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 no. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Christ. Yes. That's my point. I want to be like Christ. If you name the name of Christ, don't you want to be like Christ? You want to have that salt effect of all those things that are mentioned in the Beatitudes? Being like Christ? More loving, more forgiving, more, have more mercy, understanding, having compassion, and so forth. I mean, having a heart to share the gospel with others. No, no, no. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Christ. I love what it says there in 1 John 2, 6. He that said he abided in me ought himself also to walk even as Christ walked. 
We are to walk as Christ walked. Even Brother McDowell's message from Colossians 2 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. And even Brother Downing from yesterday also in Colossians 1 and even this morning or this evening, Colossians 3 1 and 2, if ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits in the right hand of God. Set your infections in things above and not on the things of this earth. Even Christ himself reminded us and he told us, and he said, in Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross, and follow me. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that you have. Give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. I mean, if we are to be like Christ, we must follow him wholeheartedly. And we want others to salivate after our walk. We must follow Christ with all our hearts. Oh, my dear ones, I hope you see and understand the importance of spiritual salt in this world. Kingdom salt. Quickly, not only the impact of salt, the importance of salt, but thirdly, the indispensability of salt. Because salt is also for sanctification. Because salt, as we said, is used as a cleaning compound. And as salt is indispensable to this earth, in like manner, spiritual salt is at utmost indispensable in this world. So, salt again is a cleaning compound, as well as a persevering agent, having again that impact, the importance of salt, therefore the indispensability of salt. In other words, God's sheep should make an impact in society. To make such an impact. To have effect. Again. We wipe salt off the table so easily. We speak to our hearts. Am I like that salt? I don't make an impact to anybody. No. The words of Christ are powerful. To the aspect, what kind of salt are you? You are the salt of the earth. But, if the salt is lost to savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing to be cast down and trodden under the foot of man. As I bring this to an end, I want to make an application. And what I'm going to share in a minute, I share this with my church. And one of the applications regarding the importance of salt, indispensable salt, again as a sanctifying application, is also seen in the realm of our tongues. Why? Because our tongues can have a positive or negative effect in this world. So the point is, is your tongue sanctified? Is your tongue seasoned with grace? Is your tongue Season with salt. That's what the word of God says. So. If I conclude just let me. Share a few examples. Of the application of salt. Regarding the tongues. And the reason I conclude with the tongue. Because you know that. The tongue is tied in with the. Words of Christ and being the. Salt of the earth. So again. Does your tongue 
Is it a testimony? Is it a blessing? Or is it a curse? Does your tongue represent salt? Or does your tongue represent vinegar? And we know that in the book of James, James says a lot about the tongue. I'm going to read some verses there in James. If you want to go there, you can. But in James 1.19 it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. And slow to wrath. Why? For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And I met some Christians that they think <laughs> that they can work the righteousness of God. No. And then later on, James again says, of the importance of laying about all their filthiness and superfluity and naughtiness. And he names so many things. Then he drops all the way down to verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and brighted not his tongue, but deceived his own heart. This man's religion is in vain. So how's your tongue this evening? I mean, if you're asking, I mean, what, what, what does salt have to do with my tongue? Again, I said, just bear with me a moment. And so is your tongue a blessing or a curse? Remember in James 3, he dealt with that. He said, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater uh, condemnation for many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same man is perfect. And able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in Hershey's mouth that they may obey us. I dropped down a couple verses. Even so the tongue, a little member boasted great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindled. But the tongue is a fire, a wall of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiled the whole body, set it on fire the whole course of nature. It is set forth a fire of hell. Verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless, with, bless we God, even the Father, and therefore we curse Man, and I find it so grieving when I see a professing Christian put a verse and then they put something vile on Facebook. I'm thinking, what are you doing? And that's what James says. Out of the mouth proceeded a blessing and a cursing. And that not be, my brethren. And so again, is your tongue a blessing or a curse? I mean, does it represent a sanctifying tongue to honor God or a sarcastic, sinful vinegar? Now, I will say this much. Before God saved me, I had a vile, wicked tongue. I couldn't say one sinning without using curse words left and right. I had a wicked, wicked mouth very bad even after the Lord saved me I, I had such a hard time the Lord really had to help me because I had a filthy filthy mouth but again out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing my brethren these things are not to be so I mean does a fountain set forth to the same place sweet water and bitter can the fig tree my brethren bear olive berries either a vine fig so that no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Mm -hmm. 
who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of his good conversation. The brother said a good conduct, which includes the tongue, and his works with meekness and wisdom. I mean, you can read the whole chapter, the aspect of edification regarding the tongue, but I think you get the point that James is making, that the smallest muscle in the world can have a great impact in the world. It can create such a blessing, and it can grieve and cause pain. Salt is for seasoning. It adds flavor to food. And if we name the name of Christ, our Christianity, it should be a seasoning salt, adding flavor to society. So again, how is your salt this evening? I mean, we should be a blessing to others. Okay? should be a blessing. Not a curse. I mean... A simple tongue that curses is awful. Again. But again, Christianity should be a blessing to others. And to see a Christianity act like that, or a professing, professing Christian, it's so sad. And the Apostle Paul understood that. That's why he said what he said in Colossians 4, 6. And therefore, you can meet me real quick. Try to bring this to an end. Colossians 4, 6. Colossians 4, everything that I just mentioned. Let your speech be always. Whoa, whoa. Stop right there. What does it say? Always. Every time. Many want to read it that it says sometimes. It doesn't say sometimes. It says always. Let your speech be always. With grace, season with salt. That your tongue would be great, but your tongue be seasoned with salt. That you may know how you are to answer every man. Wow. You know, I'll read a verse from Psalm 17 that David said, Thou hast proved mine heart, thou visited me in the night, thou hast tried me and will find nothing. I am purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. He wanted to have a tongue that was seasoned with salt. My, my, my. So again, it is so important to understand that our speech should be seasoned with salt. And this includes even with the spouses, how husbands talk to their wives and wives talk to their husbands. I mean, is it seasoned with salt? And God graces regarding these things. And so I hope you see the importance about our tongue, our speech. They ought to be graceful, seasoned with salt. Again, not vinegar, salt. Because spiritual salt touches every aspect of our Christian lives, in our actions, in our conduct, in our speech. Therefore, let us not take the words of Christ lightly. <clears throat> but being very careful, being vigilant, watchful, that we are what? The salt of the earth, not the vinegar of the earth, but the salt of the earth. And this is why Christ, again, tells us very clearly, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, where which shall it be salted? It is then good for nothing, but to be cast out, be trodden under foot of men. 
Also in Mark 9.50, Christ said, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith will you season it? Have salt in yourself, have peace one with another. And therefore the impact of salt in its preservation, important of salt in salivating flavor, and <clears throat> fairing effect, and the indispensability of salt in our sanctification and our light. So again, how is our walk before God? Not our talk, but our walk. But Paul also dealt with our talk. We always say it's not in our talking, it's in our walking. But Paul deals, it's in your walking and it's in your talking. Because mm-hmm. salt affects your talking and salt affects your walking. And so again, my dear one, the importance of salt, the impact of salt, and the indispensability of salt. Why? Because we who name the name of Christ, we have a high calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. May God add to his word. Amen.